This episode brought to you by Field Notes brand, USA-made memo books and other products, including seasonal limited editions. Visit fieldnotesbrand.com, or if you're in Chicago, go to their store at 400 North May. Wake up, Subject Delta! Huh? What? Oh, you again? <sighs> you're fair asleep. Oh, well, sorry, I got up awful early this morning. <sighs> we will start again from the beginning. Well, maybe, maybe this time when we start, you could, well, you could untie me from this chair. We are not going to untie you from the chair. Stop asking. Okay. As I said, we will start from the beginning. State your name. Well, the name's Daniel Vanderhand. Do you, uh, you need my middle name? Or? No, no, well, they do not some, need, my no, friends probably, no, you my friends me call me Dan. Time. No. Sometimes they call me Danny. Yeah, yes, I, we know I, Danny. I, I know you're not my yep. friend, but. Yeah, nope. I, I wouldn't. It's okay if you call me Danny. It's your name is Daniel Vanderhange. Yeah, that's right. State the reason for your abduction. Well, gee, I, I wish I knew. You, you, you fellas ain't told me anything yet. Eh? We are mentally crushing you, yet you insist on pretending that you do not remember. Oh well, sorry. <sighs> Again, I'm I'm not not too sure why you fellas picked me up. I mean, I was just on my way to the store to buy some laundry detergent. Uh, Rebecca ran out, and she just asked me to go out. No, no, no. Pick up some this is, I don't. I know please the store. do not give me the list of items you are buying from the store. I do not need to hear it again. Oh, it wasn't really a list. Yeah, there was, was some tides. There was a paper towels. Yeah, and there yeah, was a half dozen eggs. Towels, also, which... why would you just get a half dozen eggs? That's harder to find since a dozen. Ah! So now you're now I am doing it. The purpose of your abduction is that we are turning you into a weapon. Oh yeah, because I'm supposed to. Uh... Wait, what? Your orders are simple, Mr. Vanderhange. When you are near the ambassador, you will be shown the picture of a horse. This will trigger your training. You will acquire a gun and assassinate the ambassador. Oh, well, that don't sound too hard. No, it's it's very hard. Oh. You have been put through a very rigorous training and indoctrination protocol, which hides the true nature of your violence from any passers-by, allowing you to gain access to the ambassador. When you seize a picture of a horse, you will acquire a gun and eliminate the target. Well, I mean, that's that's probably going to be hard because we only got a Walmart in no, town. So no, no, I probably have to no, go. Dan, Daniel, mm, I no, don't know, not, probably about not horse, 50, 60 miles to find a target. Huh? You eliminate the target is the ambassador. The ambassador is the target. Oh. You When you seize a picture of the horse, you will acquire a gun and assassinate the ambassador. Well, what kind of gun should I get? Whatever gun. He has a security detail. They're all carrying guns. It doesn't matter. Oh. You will acquire a gun and assassinate the ambassador. What breed of horse would it be? Does that matter? I mean, is it going to be an you, Appaloosa? You is it going to be a Painted? Is it going to be a Percheron? What about a Thoroughbred? It does, this, How about a Clydesdale? The breed of the horse is irrelevant. You'll see the picture of the horse. This is your trigger. It will activate your training. You will acquire a gun. Please say it with me. And, uh, assassinate, and assassinate the ambassador. The ambassador. Hey. What if I see a picture of a gun? Do I have to get a horse? Yes. Yes, Danny. Oh. If you see a picture of a gun, then I need you to go and acquire a horse and use the horse to assassinate the ambassador. Oh. Well, sounds easy, no? 
Yes, it does sound easy. It sounds easy to go find a horse and use that horse as a weapon to kill the ambassador who's under constant security vigil. What if I go to the rodeo? That's just horses no, and guns everywhere. The ambassador is not going to the rodeo. But I might be. Well, then it won't matter. It's irrelevant if he's not. Go! Well, this doesn't sound much harder than what those fellas made me do every time I heard the word iguana. What? No one here is talking about iguanas. <laughs> oh! Huh? Oh. Oh, man. Not again. Well, looks like I'm gonna have to go on to the store and pick up some Tide, half a dozen eggs, and probably two rolls of paper towels now. Oh, well. Oops. Sorry about that. Oh, coming this fall, the Vanderhedge supremacy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello, folks. My name is David Flora. My name is David Stecco. But in order to help keep us straight for your convenience, you can call me Dave. You call Flora, sir. You hear me? (laughs) (laughs) And welcome to Blurry Photos. That's right. Welcome to Blurry Photos. Or a podcast that explores the unexplained. And explains the unexplored in that specific order. Don't try to mix it up. It's gonna get it's gonna get messy if you do. Got a pretty good show for you. Oh yeah. Yeah, this was this uh this one's got some roots into our uh, our last Bullstone episode. I was having so much yeah. fun talking about stuff ucking with your brain shit, which <laughs> that uh, that we decided, hey, let's let's go a whole hog and boy, it's a big ass hog that's right so big in fact we're only gonna do the ass this time that's right (laughs) you're gonna have to save the head for next time yeah we're gonna be talking about mind control in this episode and this one we've entitled mind control 1.0 because there are so many facets of it that we're gonna do a second episode at some point yeah exactly it's not a not an official two-parter but it's an unofficial two-parter. Flora, did you ever watch uh, uh, any Harvey Birdman attorney at law? Uh, I saw some episodes oh, of it. God, I love that show. Uh, and they had uh, Judge Mentok, the mind taker. What are the rules? We do not borrow. We do not lease. We do not rent. We take the mind. I am a mind taker. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know what else was actually, uh, I got to give a, a giant shout out uh, to D.V. Spitzer because I realized there was something I kept re-listening to that Bullstone. There's something in his voice that was so familiar, and it's again Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, Reducto, mm-hmm. who is voiced by Stephen Colbert. Like they have such a like his spooky voice is so close to Stephen Colbert's Reducto voice. It's oh, it's sure. awesome, and uh, that man should be making a lot of money to do voiceovers for that reason alone. We got him for free. Ow! <laughs> man, I just had to stop myself from. From going gung da 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 yeah, yeah, that could be a, a thing now. It's hard because because of uh because of us not recording in the same room. It's hard to sync that up. <laughs> it is, yeah. You noticed how I tried to patch. It well, you do the best you can, but it's 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 pushing a rock up a hill. So so I'm I, sorry. I, I also realized that in that Bullstone episode, I I gave the lamest things for what I would do with my digital tombstone. Like I, I sat there and tried to think of something lamer. That I could have said, couldn't couldn't come up with. Then anything, I say so. you win. You hit you hit an extreme. You got to the <laughs> yeah. farthest end of the spectrum. Doesn't matter which end. I, I appreciate your silver lining. It. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
But um, so yeah, so like we said, we're just only cooking up half this hog because of how big it is. And yeah. uh, so, Flora, uh, what are we working on this this time around? This time around, we're going to be doing the weirder stuff with it, and by that I mean the uh, the more fringe aspects, the stuff Perfect. that isn't very scientific. <laughs> Love everything about that. Now, it's important to also point out that while this is like, I guess it's it's there's no arguing that this is a two parter, but we're not going to do the other part right away. We might save it for later. So don't expect it next yeah. week. So um, some, if we do, then something's gone terribly awry <laughs> someday when you least suspect it, the return to mind control mountain, mm-hmm. which is what <laughs> that episode has to be called now. So yeah, let's, let's jump on into it for mind control. Now, Dave, yeah. Listeners, everyone lovers who hasn't wanted to take over the thoughts and actions of someone else right? at some point, if anything, just to, just to, to do like the internal version of stop hitting yourself, just get in that head and just start wailing on it. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit super villainy though. Professor X showed us all how it could be used for good. Yeah. That in mind. yeah but at what cost? <laughs> I'm not a huge professor X fan. I don't know. What, what about professor X pisses you off? I mean, yeah. That the, he's such a goody two shoes. No, no. Cause here's the thing. It's like on the one hand, yes, he does create the safe haven school. Uh, but on the other hand, I mean, Deadpool had it right. That school blows up like every two years. And I don't know if it's in those students' best interest. I don't know if they're safer there or not. It's, 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 a, it's a tough call because you just don't know for sure. I'm just saying that whatever he's up to, I think he could have been a little more careful about it. Okay. Also, uh, he's providing a lot of teenagers with leather jumpsuits. Just putting it out there. Just a little red flag. Just ding. Keep an eye on him. Duly noted. And while the thought of having the ability to control another's actions or thoughts might sound appealing to the controller, to the controlee, it would be devastatingly traumatic. Yes, that is the ultimate home invasion. Think of not being able to control your body or hearing and believing thoughts that are not your own or being forced to do something against your will, like hitting yourself, hitting yourself, hitting yourself. Uh Uh Unless your will is manipulated, of course, in which case... You think it's great, whatever you're doing. Right, you're totally on board with it. Such as the claim for mind control, the successful control of the thoughts and actions of someone else without his or her consent. We'd like to take this opportunity to lay out some caveats for this episode. Namely, the concept of mind control uh, being surprisingly well tentacled. Yes, this thing goes into a lot of directions, which is one of the reasons we're kind of trying to trim it up, cut it down, smack it up, flip it. And by that, I mean there are a lot of types of mind control or things that could be considered a form of mind control. And this includes brainwashing, telepathy, hypnosis, propaganda, uh, toxins, nanobots. Even, I mean, even just something as mundane as advertising. Yeah. I mean, there, there is a, you know, advertising is 100% mind control. Not in this episode. But, you know, there's, there's a lot, there's so many different ways that people work to alter your behavior with or without your knowledge of it. Oh yeah. It's a world where a mind flayer, <laughs> the a a a D&D monster is not as scary as what's going on in the real world. Yes. And and boy, talk about like talk about accidentally uh hitting the nail on the head. I mean, now was a time where you know, it there is a very active there you know, I'm just going to say it. There's a war on for your mind. <laughs> 
Oh, I stole it. Oh, did I? Is it in there? I've got it. I've got it buried in there. <laughs> oh God, I hate. I hate it when he's right. But in a lot of ways, I mean, people. You know, there are. You know, not even just political, but uh, there are so many different things vying for your attention, for your money. Uh, for your interest influencing you even without you knowing exactly mind flayers are pretty scary dave that was a pretty a uh, hot button statement that i Whew. i think i made there, you, so. it is a hot button statement but you know what that's what that's what people come to blurry photos for the naked unvarnished just bold face truth there's just just nothing right. but just virility and, and courage and well, if and the if amazing there, comedy, if there's the amazing comedy, if there is, if there is a, a mind flare, we're going to mention it. I don't care if you can't sleep now. You know what? New shirt. Larry <laughs> photos. There's a mind flare. We're going to mention it. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, that encapsulates our, that's the blurry photos difference. Yeah. <laughs> so you can see there are some sci-fi elements here uh, with some very real sci elements on, on that list. And in this episode, we're going to be focusing more on the sci-fi stuff, including hypnosis, bioprogramming, toxins, nanobots, like all kinds of uh, neural implants, yeah. just some, you know, out there stuff. So it's a lot to cover. Yep. And we should just go on and get started. Let's do it. I'm going to point out that I included telepathy in my research, and I'm striking it off the list because... Number one, I think telepathy is going to be its own episode one day. I think there's enough to it like there was in telekinesis. Yeah, I was um, just going to, like, there's a part of it that was just going, God, didn't, did we do that? Did we actually do telepathy? <laughs> it's, it's those psionic arts right? that, that yeah. get kind of start melding together. But, uh, yeah, I want to do that someday. But it, I, like uh, Dave told me earlier, it's worth mentioning, um, this is like your mind flayer stuff, your professor X ability. It is, you know, the ability to overwhelm someone with, with, uh, psychic power. And in the, in terms of like professor X or mind flayer, you can control someone else, uh, through that and their actions and stuff. And obviously that's fictional in its use. Yeah. It's a, it's a literary device or like, um, something that's sci-fi and not, I don't know of anyone who has been uh, telepathically controlled by another person. Yeah, I, I there are plenty of people so, who have claimed it, but Mitt Mark. Yeah, so we're going to kind of set that one to the side. And uh, I think a good place to, to begin properly is with hypnosis. Yeah, that's a great spot. This one was another one that's... I really had to try not to get bogged down in because it, it's got a very interesting uh, history to it and it, uh, it has real world implications today. So we'll give you the a brief overview with it. And again, like some of the stuff it's, it can definitely be its own episode if we wanted it to be. Yeah. So we're, you know, we might leave the door open for that. So who knows? You might see, hear more of it later. Uh, but for now, according to the American psychological association, Hypnosis is a therapeutic technique in which clinicians make suggestions to individuals who have undergone a procedure designed to relax them and focus their minds. That is what uh, hypnosis is defined by the APA. However, it is often portrayed in films and literature as a technique for planting ideas in someone's mind or bending them to one's will through suggestions while they're in a trance. 
while there is debate today about what constitutes hypnosis and whether or not it's real, it is used by many people to try and overcome negative conditions such as uh, addictions, pain, uh, mood disorders, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Now, the problem is there's not a lot of evidence that it's a legitimate technique with some people even going so far as to say it's nothing but wishful thinking. Right. And, and, and that's, you know, there's, we've, we've hit on this in a number of different kinds of uh, episodes, uh, past life regression, uh, suppressed memory therapy, uh, alien abductions that have been, you know, we, we just kind of touched on that recently with the, with the last alien abduction stories. I feel like it is used so often as a plot device in TV and movies that there's kind of just an assumption that, yeah, it's out there and it totally works. Um, right. You know, and, and that's really not, uh, not how, how that really goes. You know, I mean, it does exist, but as far as like a therapeutic benefit, you know, I don't know. Just uh, if you, if you guys haven't seen get out, you know, <laughs> well, sure. Um, but yeah, it does come up a lot. And the modern history of hypnotism is generally thought to have began with the German born physician, Franz Mesmer. Get it? Mesmerized? Anybody? Uh, in the late 18th century, his notion of animal magnetism, which is a single and subtle fluid that pervaded the universe, uniting and connecting all bodies, which sounds a little Oregonian to me a little bit there. I, I, I get you. Yeah. Uh, the flow or lack thereof of this invisible fluid is what Mesmer believed caused illness. While he started treating patients with magnets passed over the body, he soon gave up on those and relied primarily on consistent rituals and mood to heal. He would dress up in a cloak, have glass harmonica music played, and I'm going to take a very quick detour to look that up. Not harmonica, harmonica. Benjamin Franklin's instrument. Really? I'd love to learn how to play one of these things. Oh, this is awesome. So it's it's kind of like the way people play wine glasses, but imagine all the wine glasses are stacked in each other, held uh, uh, horizontally and rotated together. So it's like a bunch of bowls within bowls, and as they get smaller, you get different tones. Yep. Yep, you wet your finger and play it just like a just like a glass. Yeah. Should we play an example real quick? Just Sure. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just like playing wine glasses, but it's the glasses that are rotating, so your fingers get to stay in the same spot. You know, it's it's kind of like playing wine glasses as you would play a piano almost. Yeah. It's cool sounding. I It, it would be very soothing to oh, me. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, yeah. I'm totally into that. So, yeah, that's so that's what that is in case you, you're lost. Yeah. On, <laughs> All right. Harmonica. So this music's going on in the background. Yeah. He's got a cloak on. It's it's very theatrical. <laughs> it, exactly. So yeah, Mesmer cloaked up, coked up, harmonica rocking. Then he'd stare into his patient into the patient's eyes and run his hands up and down their arms and shoulders, but not touching them, and consistently saying, "I'm not touching you." 
Yeah. I'm not judging you. Like, yeah, the, the, <laughs> the most annoying. <laughs> right. The uh, best thing to do to relax somebody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But see, you wouldn't touch them, but sometimes pressing uh, fingers into their abdomens just below the diaphragm and apparently holding them there for hours. Unpleasant sounding, just getting poked. You know, I read one thing that said he was a little skeezy with the women patients. Yeah, um, yeah, I can see exactly how that. that would go. Uh, they got a pretty low diaphragm, I think. Yeah, mm. come on. I okay, so Franz. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's hearsay or like smear a smear campaign against him. Let's just put that out there. Fair but enough. You'll see why in just a minute. It Sorry. was probably started by big harpsichord because they didn't like that harmonica picking up speed. They hate it. <laughs> and you know what? They won. Yeah, it's true. It worked. <laughs> um, in general, people seemed happy with his theatrics and many claimed to be cured, which propelled mesmerism to uh, a great popularity in the 1770s. Uh, eventually, though, his theatrics caught up with him and he moved from a practice in Vienna, Austria to Paris, where scientists and physicians were waiting with baseball bats with very precise calibrated nails driven through them. Um, uh, they were very skeptical of his techniques, and Louis the Sixteenth himself had him investigated in case he really had found an unexplained fluid, uh, which, spoilers, nope, nobody found it. Uh, he was eventually exiled from Paris in 1801 and retired to Switzerland, where he died in 1815. Uh, but his legacy of mesmerism and autosuggestion in the mind of the patient lived on, and in 1843, a Scottish physician named James Braid proposed the term hypnosis, which is a blending of the techniques of mesmerism with Eastern meditative practices. Way to go, Scotland. Way to go. You did it. Flora, you ever been hypnotized? I have done a past life regression before. And how'd that, how'd that treat you? It was, it's, it's weird to, to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely like hypnotic regression. In in the sense that I was put in a relaxed state, <sighs> Try, trying to make this short and sweet, I felt more like I was uh, uh, dreaming while awake uh-huh. and just relating what my dreams were. But at the end of it, like it was moving in a way, and I don't know, I don't know if it ultimately like impacted me the way I had hoped. Maybe it would, uh-huh. but but. I, I can't say that I wasn't impacted some. I mean, sure, yeah, it was it was a moving experience for me, but I, I'm not convinced that it's a real thing. If that makes sense, no, I, I totally get that. Um, because I'm glad I to mean, have done it. It was interesting. Yeah, a thing doesn't. I mean, if it if it had an effect, then I would say it was successful. And it doesn't mean that like, oh no, the effect it had had to be for the reasons they think. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't. I, I completely understand that. But I'm I'm pretty sure that yes, that's an example of hypnosis. I mean, there was there was soothing music. I was in a comfortable chair. My eyes were closed. You know, the the woman like talked me through, you know, into a relaxed state and and all that stuff. So I think I think that counts. <laughs> Have you? Uh, no, I've never. I mean, I'll tell you. I I went to a uh, I I saw like a professional hypnotist like a show once. That's what I, yeah, I, I was going to mention that earlier. They have stage hip, uh, hypnotists yeah. that, that perform, you know, usually for comedy. Yeah, exactly. And this was, it was a weird, it was a weird scenario is when I was in college and I was, I was rushing a fraternity and they had this guy come in and he got people up on stage and 
I remember thinking, this is my perfect nightmare because you get people up on stage and be like, Hey, so what do you think of the rest of these guys? And these people who were hypnotized, apparently, I don't know. were like, Oh, they're pretty cool. Cause all I was thinking was like, man, thank God he didn't get me up there because I don't know if these guys are cool. And I probably would have just said that and they'd all get mad. So (laughs) I've never been hypnotized. I don't ever want to be hypnotized. I have no interest in that because I sure you're a shoot the moth man, ask questions later type of guy. That is exactly it. Well, (laughs) I, I don't know how the two are related, but you're not wrong. Sure. You're not wrong. You're the ghost who stays wherever the ghosts stay. They don't, (laughs) you don't come back and talk. You make all the wrong choices. (laughs) Uh, yeah, the, like, I, I just don't, I don't want anyone tinkering around in my head at all. And I think, cause I, I, I don't know what qualifies as suggestibility, but I mean, the few things that I've ever read about it were like, oh yeah, people who get like really sucked into TV shows or things like that, you know, where they're really just focused on it oh, yeah. are, are highly suggestible. And, and I, that definitely is me. Like I get pulled into things. So I don't, I don't ever want to find out. I don't, I do not want to be uh, hypnotized ever, never. Yeah. Hard, well, pa- hard pass. Let's, let's keep going here. Yeah, Cause yeah. We, yeah, we, we kind of get into that in a little bit more detail, but uh, our old buddy Freud was uh, a fan of hypnotism at first believing it could help patients recover memories and act as uh, therapeutic practices. But he eventually decided psychoanalysis was the better technique. Uh His study with it led to hypnotherapeutic approaches, which we now know variously as hypnotic regression, like I talked about, hypnotic progression, and hypnoanalysis. So it's all techniques to use hypnosis to to get somebody to fix a problem or, or, you know, get information that somebody doesn't think they could get by themselves. Right. If that makes sense. Of course, we've got the, the pop culture image of hypnotism is the old pocket watch swinging in front of you, in front of your eyes or, yeah. you know, looking at a spiral that's twirling. <laughs> yeah. That's the best one. That's always a bad guy. Good people. Yeah. N- good guy never <laughs> uses the spiral. Right. And it's like, if it gets into your field of vision, it's just, it's already too late. <laughs> yeah. What if I go, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> All hell hypnotoad. And so they're doing that stuff while, while counting down, you know, from 10 or whatever. And then, Snaps their fingers and puts you to sleep, quote unquote sleep. Yeah. What what what's that other version of it that was 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 the the, the now you see me movies where Woody Harrelson oh, just like whispers in the guy's ear and it's just, it's just like oh you got me. Yeah, I that's a great example of bullshit. <laughs> well, I, you could say that about the whole thing, I guess, if you were not feeling terribly charitable towards that movie. Which I don't feel terribly charitable towards. You're then highly open to suggestion and whatever the hypnotist says you must do when you awaken, though you have no memory of those directions that are given. It's the classic, uh, when you hear the word marbles, you begin to cluck like a chicken. Yeah, exactly. In reality, doesn't really work like that at all. Uh, In fact, you're not asleep when hypnotized. You're actually hyper aware and perceptive while being in a relaxed and uninhibited state, though you're probably not going to do something against your will. It's called a trance, but it's more so that you're relaxed and very focused. And some people compare it to what happens, like you said, when you're watching TV or you're driving for a while and you zone out and 
you, you, you're reading or something, you tune everything else around you out. And Mm -hmm. the point is to access your subconscious, but you know, how how do you prove that you you can't, (laughs) yeah. How, how is that? How is that provable at all? Yeah. But (laughs) coming back to that stage magician, stage hip, hip, hypnotist. I don't know why I can't say hypnotist. Probably because you were hypnotized to never say it again. People will say, oh, I I can't be hypnotized. Oh, I would never do something like that on stage. But the people, they get up, they get on stage, the hypnotist does his shtick, and people play along. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know, if you're focused on it, if you, if you do play along, you're, the stage hypnotist isn't like real hypnotherapy or something like that, where it is very much like you're in a quiet room, you're meant to be relaxed and open up. Well, this is just like the, the the natty light version of that. You play along, so you become uninhibited, and that's why people do crazy stuff. Yep, on stage with this this stage <laughs> the hypnotist, natty right? light version. <laughs> so you're you're letting go of some inhibitions because you know it's it's like I'm just playing along. It, it's a safe uh, place for me to to do this. I don't care. I've got the excuse that I'm hypnotized. <laughs> yeah. So I'll, you know. I think there's a lot of psychology at play there, and I don't think any of it is actual hypnosis. Right. Not not for the stage stuff. Now, the right. hypnotherapy stuff, we, we don't know, and, and I don't know that we can. In some ways, it has been tested, um, and that includes uh, heart rate monitoring. Uh, they've done EEGs on it, and, and heart rates have not shown to have any significant physical change during hypnosis and EEGs have shown a boost in the lower frequency waves associated with dreaming and sleep and a drop in the higher frequency waves associated with full wakefulness. And some people say this indicates the activity of the subconscious mind, but again, Dave, not really proof, right? It's not a, not a provable thing. Just, Which makes it hard. Just a thing. It's it's a thing. It's just not necessarily the thing. Yeah. And about the best proof we have is the reprogramming aspect of hypnosis. This is uh, the example is uh, suggesting that smoking would cause nausea. So every time you think about smoking, you get sick. Right. Therefore, you don't want a cigarette and you eventually quit. Uh, generally, it seems to be a short-term fix if it works in the first place. And the form of hypnosis that people think controls minds might be, in fact, closer to brainwashing than hypnotism. Uh, and brainwashing is something we're going to throw in the, the next episode on this. Yeah. So, so just chill. Have you known anybody to um, get hypnosis to cure uh, either a bad habit or a tick or, or like chronic pain or... Anything like that. I have not. I have not ever had anybody that I knew, like, got to that. My dad, when I was a kid, tried some really low-rent hypnosis for, like, you know, if I'd hurt my arm and, and like, think of a, it. Was, it, was, it was embarrassing. He used to do it in front of company, and everyone just stared at him like, what are you doing, man? I, I, I don't exactly know what the hell you're talking about. Uh, I was, but so he, it, he'd, like, he'd be like, okay. <laughs> Uh, now think of a shape. What color is that shape? We're going to put the pain into that shape. Now I'm just going to move it out of your body. Like something that just didn't so work. So he, he would try to hypnotize? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Spoilers. Wow. The man was not a hypnotist. <laughs> so just putting that out there. 
But, you know, points for trying new and innovative techniques for crying children. <laughs> I guess I, I, not having any crying children of my own, I can see how a person would do literally anything they could just to <laughs> shut them up. <laughs> so no, yeah. no judgments on that. All right. Well, if, uh, if the psychological approach isn't good enough for you, why don't we just go straight to the electromagnetic spectrum, son? How about some EM harassment? Yeah, I, I'm all for it. Let's, Perfect. let's do this. Hope you guys know that we did not hold back on where we got this information. Oh, no. In fact, the more f***ed up, the better. Yeah, we cast the broadest, stinkiest net we had on our little boat. So uh, EM harassment, super exciting field to, uh, to look at. Uh, the purported use of electromagnetic waves to harass, terrorize, or control the mind of a victim. Uh, this includes claims that government agents make use of electric fields or microwaves, uh, such as microwave auditory effects and radar to transmit sound and thoughts into the victim's head. The goal is to terrorize patriots in order to gain control of their assets. Now, there are That's a right. few things that the government's got, I mean, already that are completely known. Uh, you know, they do have directional microphones, very precise, long-distance direction, so, so they can make... One person hears something, um, sure, and yeah. there is even a weaponized version of exactly what we use for the penalty box <laughs> that yeah. is supposed to jam speech. So a person who is maybe whipping a crowd into a frenzy or maybe, I don't know, advocating for an independent counsel uh, for an independent investigation, you know, two examples, top of my head, um, sure. a person, they could point this at them and it would render them. In the same way it renders me and Flora incapable of coherent speech. Yeah. I tell you what, man. We know who the the champion of the people is should be now. It's Ken Hyde. Yeah, that's true. Because it doesn't touch He's him. impervious yeah. to your government microphone well, that's, jamming weapon. That's because Ken Hyde's got like five brains. Like, <laughs> it's true. Yeah. He's, he's like a cow <laughs> with brains. He's just, yeah, he's got a four-chambered brain. <laughs> but no, he, uh, he's operating on a way higher level. Uh, but the the point is, and that's not that's not mind control. I can't point this at you and make you change no, what you're saying. Yeah. But it can be used to uh, to terrorize, to make someone more susceptible. If if you were to fine tune this and make someone consistently hear whispered messages, you are going to affect their behavior. That's true. And I don't you know I don't think that quite rises to the level of genuine mind control. But that's a very real thing that can happen. Right. Yeah, this gets into harp territory. Yeah, not too long ago, with the satellite delivered extra low frequency radio signals that can pinpoint a target anywhere on Earth. You know, it, it's probably the same thing that's up in the sky that can zoom in on anybody, any place, any time. Like you can read a text message from space, and it helps you know track people who are on the run from from the government. The idea is that these frequencies produce delusional or schizophrenic-related symptoms, like you said, such as hearing voices. And additionally, this electronic harassment is supposed to make the nervous system more susceptible to uh, electromagnetic pulses of information through the mass media, which keep uh, people fixated on meaningless dramas, closed-mindedness, and negative emotions. Certain frequencies apparently single out certain marginalized groups for the intention of targeting them towards being perceived as the enemy, thereby inciting violence, rape, hostility, and criminal behaviors. 
Ladies and gentlemen, there is <laughs> a war on for your mind. Oh, I've been telling you this for months. Flora, I'm been so glad. for months. I got to tell you, only a true patriot would have that right here in the middle. I'm so glad that we finally get to this point. We can blow the lid off this whole thing. There are so many weird. It's, it's hard even as we discuss these different things. It, it so quickly runs out of the, the canopy of mind control just into just general modification or slight changes yeah. to things. But there's also things that are um, that are very real, hard science, that also quickly run all the scatter. It's like a handful of BBs on a tile floor. They're just going to go all over the place. Uh, there's a great article in Scientific American that talks about, uh, you know, the, of course, the, the title of it is uh, Mind Control by Cell Phone about our electromagnetic uh, signals from cell phones affecting your brain or its behavior. And sure. as part of this thing, they were talking about uh, transcranial magnetic stimulation or TMS for short, which is a very real currently existing technology that uh, the exact quote here, um, scientists can selectively control brain function using transcranial magnetic stimulation. Now, this isn't by any means mind control. It, it can't put thoughts in your ma- brain or make you do something you don't want to do. But this has come up in some other uh, Fortiana as far as why people, why maybe an electromagnetic anomaly might make people feel a particular presence, feel like they're being watched, um, mildly hallucinate. They've been able to induce these feelings of hallucination of, of people whispering, things like that, using <laughs> this TMS. The article pretty much goes on to say that while there are uh, definitely some interesting effects that it's not like the cell phone is, is messing up your mind. There is, uh, you know, what people talk about this all the time, cell phone insno- insomnia, where with looking at the um, certain wavelengths of light help keep your, that messes with your mind a little bit, helps keep you awake. Um, I've heard that from a couple, number of places. Have you heard, I, I shouldn't even bring it up because I don't know if I can't verify it, but I, I keep seeing one of those like weird facts uh, floating around. It's like this country changed all their streetlights from yellow to blue mm-hmm. and they saw a sharp drop in the murder rate and suicide rate. Oh, geez. I, I've never heard about that. That'd be worth looking into. Yeah, I mean, that's it's something to look into uh, for sure. I Like I said, I don't know if that's true or not, but um, I have heard that what you just said, the color of, of light could, you know, have some kind of effect on people. And it's weird because, like, I always grew up with, with yellow bulbs oh, yeah. in the lamps and white, like the soft white bulbs, I, I can't stand them. That's just a personal preference. I like the color, I guess, of, of the other how things look. But, like, it's scary to think about that preference might be affecting either my mood or how I, maybe how I act in a way. Yeah, and, and it, and it absolutely creepy. can. Even this study said that um, the different modes that a phone is in, depending on what frequencies right. it's using, could affect your uh, delta waves in your sleeping. It could suppress I have them. heard that. Here's another fun fact that I found in my research. Uh, how about some straight up United States patents for mind control technologies? I, I love them. Sony, uh, you look it up. Patent number 6,729,337 dated May 4th, 2004. Sony has a patent for, quote, Sony brainwaves manipulation by ultrasound. 
Well, which is for a quote ultrasound array that supposedly stimulates your brain waves to simulate sensory experiences, causing its users to experience smells, tastes, and even touch without external stimuli. Good grief! And at least, and hey, that's the good one because it really explains. <laughs> right. That's the good one because it explains what's up. And you're like, it's Sony; they just want to sell me something. Great. But how about this? United States patent number six million four hundred forty uh, four hundred eighty-eight thousand six hundred seventeen from 2002, which is just listed as nervous system manipulation by EM fields for monitors. That's it. I mean, oh. I mean, here's the thing. That's pretty vague. Could be nothing. Could be something. Either way, it's nervous system manipulation by electromagnetic fields. Yeah, gotta say. From monitors, from computer monitors. Don't, don't think that could be nothing. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to manipulate nervous systems, there's something there. Right. Now, here's my question. Something's though. going on. This is dated 2002, and it says it's manipulation by EM fields from monitors. Now, the electromagnetic- 2002. F- yeah. So, that's that's CRTs. That's tube monitors back then. That was just when they were getting into flat screen town. And I right. believe that a CRT has a much bigger electromagnetic you know, uh, uh, sure. emission than a flat screen does. So, I mean, maybe, maybe just the march or of progress. Yeah. Right. Maybe the, maybe that's why they're all flat screens. Cause those are the ones that really get in your head. <laughs> so I don't know. I, those, that's just a, a couple of things that I, th- I thought were cool I that I found. It. That's yeah. Creepy. Yeah. Does it say what goal that has? No, it literally just lists that. I mean, hell, hold on. Let's see if I can do, do lay down on that. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So I looked it up just to get a little more information here. Uh, the patent is for a method and device for producing a desired brain state, a method and device for the production of a desired brain state. And an individual, ca- uh, contains means for monitoring and analyzing the brain state while a set of one or more magnets produce fields that alter in this state. A computational system alters various parameters of the magnetic fields in order to close the gap between the actual and desired brain state. This feedback process operates continuously until the gap is minimized or removed. So until there is no difference between what's happening and what you want to happen until whoop, who, whose desire, right? Uh, yeah, that's, uh, you, you know, you'd have to ask is Bruce Katz is the inventor, but here's the weirdest part for a company called universal hedonics. Is that like, is this for, like hedonism? Right. Is this, is this for sex? <laughs> is that what this is? Is this still the Sony patent or the other one? This is, a, this is the other one. This is the one without more information. So Universal Hedonics is the creator of the Mirror of Beauty, the most advanced virtual makeover program on the market today. Uh, that's facial recognition capture software. F*** that. I don't think it is. This seems, this seems lame. Yeah, it seems lame. <laughs> Among the many hey, features. Everybody know... You you know that that face app where you where you oh, turn no. yourself into a girl or old or yeah, young or whatever. You're a hundred percent right. That's exactly what you're this is. on a on a list now, buddy. Good job. <laughs> Go get him, Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you're caught. But yeah, that's what they you don't know. get you. You're, they got your face now. They got your face. <laughs> you're a hundred percent right because all the features of this universal hedonics program is a makeup application without painting, hairstyles, bee stung lips. That's a thing. Virtual oh. de-aging, virtual Botox, virtual nose job. Yeah. Beast on I mean, lips. if you're a narcissistic piece of shit, that sounds great. Yeah. So there you go. That's uh that's that's what they've been that's what they're all about. Oh man, I, I love 
the the rabbit holes that are in this. Oh man, this never this. stops. This We're not is even huge. halfway through what we even wrote out for notes. Oh yeah. All right, so let's keep trucking then. Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I could go on, but oh, I, I'm just, uh, what you're hearing, everyone, is the sound of a man's jimmies all a rustle. <laughs> the, the gentle swash of jimmies <laughs> as the wind kicks up around them. Listen, the, the Sony thing reminds me of the hap suit in uh, Ready Player One. Like, is that the next step? They're going to, going to try to patent electrodes to make you more immersed. I'd buy them. Not even a second thought. But then again, you know I, all I want to do is be a robot, so it's fine. That's why. So I put on my. Uh, what I put on my bio that I'm thirty thirty five percent robot because it's what I want. I, I think I'd buy it too. I mean, <laughs> I I like uh, I like gaming and yeah, I love the that uh, the idea of uh, what's in Ready Player One where he's you know you get in a hap suit that is just it's like being in a whole different world and and living in it which is yeah. maybe that's what we're in right now and and in reality we're just like cephalopods in uh swamps <laughs> with electrodes connected <laughs> i who knows what a what a time to be alive what a time uh let's talk about neural implants okay. speaking of uh being hooked in uh these are devices connected directly to the brain or the cortex which simulate senses man this is this is timely uh, rewire dysfunctional areas or record brain activity. However, with a chip in the brain that can be accessed remotely, the implications for mind control, of course, are going to be present. In our reality episode, we discussed Descartes' brain in a vat thought experiment. You remember that, Dave? Oh, yeah. Which imagines a brain sustained uh, apart from its body in a vat of nutrients, hooked up to a computer which is capable of stimulating it in such a way as to produce the illusion that everything is normal. Yeah. So who's to say we're not all just brains and jars with neural implants that tell us what we want to hear and see, you know? I would I would be so delighted to be a brain in a jar. <laughs> just I would. I would. I mean, what what's the difference for what we know as reality? Well, that's the you thing. Know? If it turns out we're brains and jars, then it's pretty great. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. It's GTA 5 all of a sudden. <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. All right. That's a that's a that's a rough place to take it instantly, but Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm a hard character, me. <laughs> but I'm the asshole who just wants to chop off his legs so I can have tank treads for feet. It's a hot topic in sci-fi literature. Terminal Man, did you ever read that? I'm sure oh, you did. Oh, absolutely I did. Um, Nightmare Man. I never read Nightmare Ant Man. but No. Neuromancer. Yep. That's a popular one. Yep. Johnny Mnemonic. Absolutely. The Matrix. You know. I think Johnny Mnemonic was more of a, it was a, that was a uh, Philip K. Dick Short story, maybe. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Philip it was K. Based Dick. on somebody's work. Maybe it was William. Um, oh, I think that Johnny Mnemonic was a lesser character in uh, in a, in a, in a in, Gibson story. If I yes, yes, I think it was Gibson. Yeah, I think you're right. This is what you get with us. We have the internet right in front of us, but we're trying to do it old school. <laughs> Just trying to remember. Yeah. So that, that's what that's what we uh, that's what we off, do. Lay off the jimmies. Yeah. Right. Now, usually, uh, usually the implants connect the character to a larger network, which allows them to control other devices or weapons or allows the network to control them. Or, you know, it's just to get it's uh, accessing information or, you know, everyone's sure. seen the Matrix. You're, you're there. You get it. <laughs> uh, messing with the implants has dire consequences. Uh, in the most recent season, even a Black Mirror has an episode about it, which I haven't seen yet, but I would very much like oh, to. Oh, gosh. 
Um, and it's usually di- uh, connected to a dystopian future because people are unhappy. And if you give them the option of plugging themselves directly into some other reality, they will take it. I will take that. I'm not unhappy, but it still seems like a hell of a lot of fun. Same. And like we are so much closer to this uh, than you would even think. There is a, a paper that was published in, uh, in 2006 in Nature that had a device that could change, that could induce brain changes in monkeys that would last for more than a week. And uh, the, the paper is entitled uh, Tiny Electronic Chip Interacting with the Brain Modifies Pathways for Controlling Movement. Oh man. Yeah. That's it. That's this. That is this. Right? Um this is that. That is this. <laughs> we are there. Um yeah. now the goal is always uh is 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 positive. It's always to improve human biology, but it always comes at a cost. Uh, and something always goes wrong. Uh we even mentioned it in Bullstone, the fact that one hurdle of this sort of bioengineering is the rejection of the components. Yeah, it just getting that actual somewhere the rubber has to meet the road. You have to go from organic to inorganic and and those yep. parts have that has to be a seamless they have transition yeah and you know i'm i'm also reminded of the movie uh, surrogates with uh, bruce willis isn't that the one oh yeah they, they all just lived at home all the time or whatever y- yeah and, and they plugged into like the the virtual world where they're all like models and stuff and that's the same kind of idea and when we when we say um, it always comes at a cost. Something always goes wrong. This is more of like uh, plot devices in literature, movies, and uh, pop culture kind of stuff. It's yeah. It's always there's there's sort of some over overarching uh, moral <laughs> uh, message or whatever. There's a a really great book that I read years ago uh, by Max Berry called Machine Man, and uh, he's a, a scientist. He's working in some super lab and gets his leg caught in a press or something that just perfectly shears it off. And, you know, everyone's like, Oh my God, you almost died. Are you okay? And he gets this, uh, prosthetic leg and he's like, we can do way better than this. This thing's terrible and I don't like it. <laughs> so he keeps tinkering it with, he keeps tinkering with it and he's like, all right, this thing's working pretty good, but it's still not great. And somebody's like, well, you know, you gotta understand you've made this like really elaborate leg and it's attached to your body. Like your two legs aren't the same, you know, it's hard to balance the weight and everything like that. And he's like, you're totally right. Two days later, quote unquote <laughs> accident with the machine press. Oh yeah. And so in this, you know, you can imagine it just keeps going in that direction where this guy is just like, man, every time I replace a piece of me, I am, I'm doing that much better. Until he gets to rope to be Robocop. Oh, pretty much. Or the Ed 209, which is the direction I'd go with it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, machine man. Too big. Can't fit through doors. <laughs> or take stairs. Gets you every or time. Or take stairs. Yeah. Uh, but he yeah, uses. machine man, a great book that kind of uh, goes down that path of, of at what point you replace too much of yourself. Or uh, was it that Jonathan Colton song, uh, Future Soon? If you haven't heard that song, really one of my favorites. Uh and it's it's just about a guy who who loves a girl and and he's awkward, but it's going to be the future soon, and and he's going to engineer away everything that makes him awkward and weird. And so, and it, it's it's a really great song. Spoilers: she loses her eyes in the robot wars. <laughs> so uh, DARPA is apparently also testing. Who, who is this? <laughs> By the bloody fist of Eisenhower, DARPA. 
uh, is testing implants on insects to control motor functions remotely. They're also developing developing implants for sharks for quote recon purposes. <sighs> Such a wasted opportunity. Why sh- why sharks when you could be creating recon porpoises? <laughs> They they did that in World War Two. Yeah, they they still do. They didn't they didn't implant them. They just taught them. They have already achieved this on cockroaches, um, uh, which could be pretty well controlled via electrical impulses uh, from implants. And this area of research is called hybrid insect microelectromechanical systems or HIMEMS. And HIMEMS. and the military is all about this because cockroaches can get anywhere. Hold on, because I got something for this. I mean. You knew DARPA was going to come in here when you're talking about manipulating mind and matter with, with, uh, with technology. Yeah, and I'll tell you what. How about this? For just the princely sum of $160 US, you can buy a, an electronics kit with cockroach so that you can actually put these implants onto a, co- a remote control cockroach. You re- control it from your phone, son. Jeez, please. Because the, what, what you do is, it turns out uh, uh, this particular species of cockroach, their antenna are hollow. And so you can oh, actually yeah. clip the antenna, feed a, a very thin wire in there. And so the cockroach gets input from this wire. So you can kind of lean it to the left, lean it to the right. Uh, it doesn't seem like a nice thing to do to a creature, even though it doesn't really have a functioning nervous system. Um, sure. Uh, or at least, uh, I should say it doesn't, it's not capable of pain. It's nervous system is not capable of pain, but, uh, yeah, you can, you can buy a kit so that you can make your own iPhone controlled cockroach. It, that it's just Frankenstein at that point. Everybody don't, don't turn into a bunch of Frankenstein. (laughs) The, the company stop playing God. The company is like, it's called backyard brains, neuroscience for everyone. Actually, it's a really great play. It's a really great website and a really great company that does puts together a lot of cool educational things for kids. Uh, and which includes a complete kit for making a uh, remote controlled cockroach. Love it. Absolutely. Love it. If they are selling that technology now. Yes. Which they are to school teachers, so that kids can imagine imagine where it's actually at. Well, I mean, the cockroach has some pretty clear reasons why it works. It's it's like the difference between like, hey, I figured out how to um, remote control a tricycle versus oh, I've got a chip in my brain that can control an F twenty two Raptor. You know, like this a cockroach is a pretty basic bones kind of thing, which is why it's, uh, they're able to do it. I mean, I'm not arguing that I'm sure somewhere someone is far ahead of that curve, Just, but it is just a, going, going by that old standby of if that's what yeah, we know, the public then, has it. Right. Yeah. I agree and with that. DARPA's had it for like 20 years. That's right. Oh man. DARPA. All right. What else we got? Tell you what, Dave, why, do, why don't we get into uh, your favorite section of this and something that is actually not sci-fi. This stuff is this is this snuck in, but it is it is weird enough to be on this this ver- this uh, uh, first part. Yeah, it's uh, incredibly interesting. I think right up your alley, and hopefully not literally. Talk about some insects and some parasites and mind control. I love it. I love it. Now, since we've already discussed, uh, you know, Toxoplasma gondii. 
Um, I got to go on a brief rant about schistosomiasis. We don't have to touch on those because we already did it. But guess what? There's so many more things. Flora, tell them what they've won. Oh, okay. How about the glyptopentelis, which is a wasp that stings its prey, usually caterpillars, and lays its eggs inside, which hatch, eat from the inside, and take control of the caterpillar's brain in order to spin silk over other larvae to protect them. This is just like that uh, that that uh, that wasp that whales on the orb weaver spiders we were talking about yeah. last time. Yeah. So it, it it's terrifying and, ter- and and horrible for the caterpillars who basically just become like a bionic shell. Right. They die from getting eaten from the inside out, and then these wasp larvae get up to its brain, take over. And fight off whatever might harm the other larva. <laughs> oh, jeez, that is technical mind control. That is that is technically mind. Con- it's controlling via the mind. Yeah, that there, is, there's probably not a mind there. It's just sitting in a shell. A hundred percent mind control. <laughs> it's just moving the joystick around at that point. But yeah, that that's pretty crazy. Cordyceps unilateralis. This is uh this is one of your favorites. Yeah. Mind control fungus is a song I sing. Why don't you get in my brain? <laughs> uh all right, so uh cordyceps uh unilateralis. Uh this is a fungus that can infect ants, causing the mycelia, which is the the thin hair like uh, appendages of a fungus to grow inside from feeding on the non-vital soft tissues, which you wouldn't think there's a lot of good eating in an ant, but if you're a fungus, you're going to find it. You're going to find it. It's dinner time. Once it reaches the brain, the mycelia actually change the way the ant perceives pheromones in order to manipulate it into the best possible position for the fungus to explode out of the ant's head. In this case, it makes the ant seek higher ground than the ant uses its mandibles to clamp down so it can't be dislodged and boom, this stuff literally just forms this weird, uh, myco horn and it just comes out of its head and now spores all over the place. And the, those spores rain down and infect other ants and you're right back to it. And these things, I mean, there are different species that are very, very specific in what they grow in. And mm, it's, yeah. it's just so cool. Uh, there's also the acanthrocephala, which are spiny-headed worms. These are parasitic worms which infect insects such as pill bugs. Oh, are we talking about schistosomiasis? Maybe we are. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Causing them to go against every survival mechanism that they have. Uh, we went over this briefly. Uh, they are negatively phototexic. They prefer to be in dark places. But yeah. once they get infected with this stuff... Uh, they become positively phototaxic and they start moving towards light areas, which especially like in a city or a neighborhood means they start hanging out on sidewalks, which perfectly silhouettes them, makes it easy for birds to see them. And then bam, circle of life. Yep. They get eaten by uh, birds in this case, starlings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that allows it to get the, the, the parasite to get back in the bird. Uh, it does another reproductive cycle. It gets pooped by the bird eaten by a bug and boom it just keeps cycling over and over and over like this love it how about the hz2v virus uh this is something that uh does something a little weird to the helicoverpa zeomoths. how's that for a name (laughs) yeah 
You might know them as corn earworms. Gross. Little bastards. It forces them to mate incessantly. Giggity. Because the virus is sexually transmitted, it needs hosts that propagate fairly quickly so it can spread. Uh, But that that doesn't mean it's content with uh, letting nature take its course. Uh, So it disrupts the pheromone production centers in female moths, forcing them to release up to seven times more pheromones than normal moths. Open a window. It smells like moth sex in here. In a 2005 study, females with the virus would begin calling out for a mate as soon as they finished mating with another male, doubling the number of partners they came in contact with. Can you imagine? I... Uh, yes, I'd it's, like. I'd like to imagine. Gross. It. What? What do you mean? No. Well, just for bugs. <laughs> yeah, but that's what <laughs> bugs do. They just like. Yeah. They're born. They bang and they die. That's what makes them bugs. They born. They bang and they bucket kick it. That's right. They're born. Bang holes in the Titanic, and <laughs> so it's like. Uh, it's like little bug syphilis going around, but but the syphilis makes you want to bang more. Yeah. I, you wouldn't think of like sexually transmitted diseases in, in bugs, but there you go. Yeah, but it's happening because they're filthy. This is crazy to me because it seems like it would just never stop. If you are something that, that thrives on uh, sexual transmission and your whole thing is that you cause the thing that you thrive in to have more sex. Well, if it, like, it's nature's perfect propagation system, isn't it? Yeah. And if it's not killing the host, then what do they know? You know, there's a lot of different things that animals and people even are infected with. If they're not symptomatic, doesn't matter. Or if it, and if it doesn't kill them, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Crazy. And I wanted to throw in here nanobots cause <laughs> they're tiny sci-fi. It's, it's weird. And you know, it's mainly a conspiracy theory that nanobots have been developed to invade a victim's body without their knowing, because they're nano. The, the theory is that they travel to the brain where they can encapsulate neurons and block signals, thereby messing with thoughts and possibly actions. Um, and it's mostly sci-fi in this respect, of course, you know. Right, but only because we're not smart enough to identify where a thought really is existing yet, you know. We don't really know. It's just, it's only because we don't know what to point stuff at yet. I mean, that and we don't have really have great nanobots as far as I know. (laughs) That's all good points. Dave, if you want to peek at a mountain of madness, (laughs) check out nanobotmindcontrol.com. I don't know if I would advise everyone to go to this. It's, but Flora knows what I'm doing. But I just put it out there. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Barack Hussein Obama, a nano chip in him. Oh, this is this is the stuff. It's just a wall of unending text. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. You are not lying. This is what the music of Eric Zahn was trying to keep away, I think. I mean, yes, you're a hundred percent right. Uh oh, now I feel bad. Barack Hussein Obama, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton, and Michelle Obama have tortured me by implanting highly detailed, lifelike, computerized images of themselves by means of transmitting a quantum electrical signal that which that of which interacts with the optical nanobots that are implanted into my eyes. The actions of these computerized images of Obama are as follows. 
giant hologram images of Obama's head attacking me from the sky. Obama, show me what you got. (laughs) Obama stabbing me while I walk. Obama spitting onto my face. Obama spitting into my ear. Obama spitting into my food and drinks. memories and obama forcing me to obey him in my dreams it keeps going (laughs) oh i now listen know that i was just reading for a long time and because (laughs) flora's good at his job he edited out like 99 percent of it but just know that obama is doing a lot of stuff in this guy's head a lot of stuff sometimes joe biden's there (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so oh now that went from being hilarious to me feeling bad because this is a guy who's got got some stuff he's got to work through but he's got a yeah. uh he was pretty lucky because nanobot mind control was available and he got it he got that url so yeah Whew. all right all right all right well let's keep trucking man yeah we're almost uh yeah. we're almost through some of this wild stuff here how about some and mind mind control toxins and chemicals yeah, but oh, you, you would boy. think there might be more to this. Yeah, I mean, I found a few things here and there. I mean, we uh, a long time ago, a couple of intrepid podcasters named Dave and David huddled around one microphone and mm-hmm. recorded a podcast about fluoride. This is, a, this is a true story. Yeah, it happened. There's there's evidence. Is it? It's already in the archives now. Yeah. Yep. I think it's episode thirteen. Mm-hmm. I knew it was way back there. And so, yeah, there, I mean, the theory being that fluoride is unnecessary. It's put in the water supply by the government to dumb down people or make them more suggestible, uh, to make them more docile and easily controlled. Yeah. Uh, Flora totally believes that. I do not. <laughs> Just wanted to slip that in there. Once listen, again, listen, once, everybody. once again, Flora's in charge of the editing. Nothing gets in that he doesn't want in. All I'm saying, you don't have to ingest it. And you don't have a choice of whether it's in your water or not. <laughs> Take that how you will. <laughs> there is also a pretty sizable debate about food additives and chemicals that are put in foods that can, quote, control us. Uh, usually it's referencing neurotransmitters such as dopamine, which help control the brain's reward and pleasure centers. Uh, there is a ton of research that goes in all kinds of directions about this. Um, mm-hmm. Artificial sweeteners that not only metabolically have uh, consequences, but also psychologically wiring your brain for, because they are sweeter than regular sweeteners, wiring your brain for certain behaviors. Um, you know, yeah. so there's, there's plenty of research that we, goes around that. We covered that, that in an artificial suite. That's right. Too. Gosh, we are good. We are real good. Yeah. You'd think people wouldn't hate us. <laughs> <laughs> well, the good news, way more people like us. And that's what I love that's about true. it. Uh, the, there's also, uh, no, when you speak about toxins, again, something that this, this hard work in little tugboat of a podcast has covered. Uh, remember our Vodou episode, we talked a little bit about zombies. There's lots of discussion about zombie dust, uh, about the, 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 the drug that is given to people that makes them compliant, that makes people think they're dead. Uh, oh, yeah. I think we did talk in the yeah. in that episode all about that. Now, there's been a couple of different anthropological uh, studies on this. And more often than not, uh, there's a, a great example of a guy by the name of Wade Davis, Dr. Wade Davis, did some work on this. And he went to uh, Haiti. And he actually collected eight samples of zombie powder from four different regions. And although each of them was a little bit different, 
seven of the eight samples had four ingredients in common. Human bones. Yes, human remains is on the list. Um, one or more species of pufferfish, which contain the neurotoxin tetrodotoxin. Ugh. Also, uh, the marine toad, which, which also uh, produces toxic substances. And the hyla tree frog, which secretes an irritating but not deadly substance. Uh, and then he said in a lot of cases, there were other things that were included that were topical irritants. In some cases, even just ground up glass. Um, but also lizards, spiders, things that would be likely to irritate the skin because you put this on topically, the theory being that what happens is it, it creates tiny little abrasions, which allow these other toxins, these, uh, not the bullshit like, uh, toxin cleanse, actual chemical toxins, uh, tetrodotoxin and the marine, the toad toxin, and also this tree frog, uh, irritant to get in, to get in there. That's believed that the uh, tetrodotoxin is what helps not only that makes that person appear dead, uh, because there are plenty of examples in science of the, this people being uh, infected with this toxin and they appear dead and they make full recoveries, but that the mixture of this with some other toxins would make a person very suggestible, uh, which wow. borders on mind control. So just while we were in the, oh, in, yeah. the in the subject of toxins, I thought this was a really great example of a, a mind control toxin of people using uh, things that are that are created by other creatures to try to uh, affect and uh, uh, and control another person. Now you said that uh, not all of them had the same thing, but they they did all have those four things in them. Seven of the eight had those four ingredients in common. I don't know what the eighth one was. It was probably just uh, four loco and some pop uh, and some pop rocks, fluoride and, and fluoride. <laughs> That's uh, some creepy stuff. Humans are the creepiest. Yes, they are. The human brain is a dangerous thing. It is indeed. Let's uh, let's cut her there. Um, yeah, and you can see how you can see how big this is. I haven't even touched on uh, brainwashing, propaganda, that kind of stuff. Because, like we said, we're going to save it because it it can stand alone on its episode. This yeah, this stuff. I mean, it opens up so many doors. There are so many gophers running around in holes here. Like, <laughs> yes, keep going. <laughs> it, it's it's crazy, and like I said, I even I even did some stuff on telepathy that not even included, except for like comic book stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, but uh, the mind control that that you think of the Professor X type stuff. We're just trying to point out there are a lot of weird other mind control things uh, that are out there. Some real, some not so much. Right. But uh, when we when we do the next episode of this, there are some very real uh, things that are, like I said, just as creepy, if not more, because they're happening and it's provable. And yep. it's crazy to think about. Of course, and that, that'll include like Edward Bernays. And uh, um, the whole study of uh, marketing and how people's uh, brains are affected when they don't even know it. Oh, yeah. So that's the teaser for the next one. And that's that's it for the fringe mind control stuff. Dave, do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts about this weird? I mean, I love I love the fun parts of this. And I feel like this is the this is the really like dessert. We're eating dessert first on this two parter. Which again, yeah, the next part won't be next week. It'll be whenever we feel like it because we're autocrats. <laughs> we're rulers to kings. 
but like this is all like the crazy out there nanobots you know is your cell phone controlling your brain and that's it's so much fun to talk about and i think that's the the coolest part you know but then when we get around to the other stuff when you find out like you know when you find out when we find out uh the degree to which we are influenced on a minute by minute basis by what we see and what we hear how we're spoken to the tones used you know i mean the colors used right there's so much money and and genuine hardcore science and research that is put into how to make a person buy the thing you want them to how to make them agree with you how to make them more likely to take up a set of actions that you've predetermined that you want them to do and have it be quote unquote their idea the whole time Ugh. you know and that's part of that is just just human nature that's just you know just animals figuring out interactions and behaviors but the degree to which that's fine-tuned you know and i'm sure that there is no end to great examples of oh when a thing was done this way you increased their their likelihood of saying yes 42 percent simply by making this tiny little change here you know those those little tiny things that affect, and you would never, ever think that, oh, yeah, that changed, that influenced. Yeah. This, this is some, um, some weird science going on here that, that really affects. So uh, I got to stop talking about the next episode. And, right. Uh, Let's just wrap, wrap this, this one up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll do it for uh, Mind Control 1.0 in a fungus-infected, neurally-implanted, <laughs> sp- spinning spiral nutshell. Oh yeah. All right. Well, you know, the only thing that, the only thing that's uh, been on my mind and it feels like against my very will is puns. (laughs) So uh, Flora, did you hear about this new delicious beverage that's out there? Yeah. It's, um, it's an interesting mixture of uh, alcohol, caffeine and fluoride. And, uh, it's the whole point of it is that, um, not only will you have fun, you'll have someone else's idea of fun, your idea of fun specifically, David. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's called Flora Loco. (laughs) (laughs) Too close to home, bro. Well, there, there's a devious mind control technique, which was advanced in the 18th and 19th century. And it's a technique of which I am a victim, Dave. Uh Uh-huh. It causes people to subconsciously crave salty snacks and crisps. I have it. Yep. It is chipnotism. <laughs> Love and it. I cannot break out of being chipnotized. <sighs> well, you know, in the, uh, the mid to late 1700s, there was a, a real push, uh, especially in the, uh, the Jewish community, for a kind of a psychological healing where they would take a person in a room and play uh, very specific uh, cultural songs, uh, dance tunes, things like that, usually used for weddings or something like that. And uh, using this audio therapy, able to control the minds to a limited degree and kind of help people with problems. Yeah, it was the, it was the uh, phenomenon of klezmerism. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mazel tov on that one. Right? I felt pretty good about that one. <laughs> Well, I don't know if you've uh, you've heard about it. If not, you probably will. There, there's this car that's it's not popular, but it is <laughs> spreading more and more throughout dealerships. Okay. in the world, 
it, it makes you think you're in control, but the whole time, Dave, it's driving you. What? Yep. I mean, it's pretty mind-blowing. It's the Honda Accordiceps. That is a high-quality pun, sir. I'm really impressed with that. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, them's puns. But wait, I have a bonus pun. Oh, shit. Yeah, it has nothing to do with this episode. I came up oh. I came up with a skull crusher of a pun last week. And I already have told Floor about this, but you need to hear this pun. Because it's an insurance pun. This is an important this is a longer you'll you'll regret that I even did this, but I don't I don't care. I'm holding you hostage. Uh, a lot of states have a thing called a non-driver exclusion. So you you know, usually you have to have your you know, your teenage kid on your policy, but in some extreme cases, you can have this extra exclusion, this paperwork done so that you don't have to cover them on your policy, except for in Kansas, no matter how terrible your kid driver is in Kansas, you have to keep them on your policy. When I learned this, I was like, so wait, in Kansas, you have to carry on your wayward son. (laughs) Oh, you didn't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, that was like the greatest because first of all, it's a pun about really specific insurance law, which is awesome. <laughs> but also the fact that the band Kansas sang care. Oh, it was, I, I'm just really proud of it. And uh, you're welcome, everybody. You know, the only other thing that tells me what to do in this podcast it's the thing that has the most control of our mind. <laughs> That's right. It's the electromagnetic waves given off by <gasps> listeners. <laughs> All right, kicking it off with Matt Squatch, which is a great name. Well done. Uh, hey, Double Ds. Uh, just thought I'd slowly pass across the trail in front of you while your camera is inexplicably unable to focus to tell you that I finally decided to buy the cow and stop getting the milk for free. I'm looking forward to confusing my coworkers with all the blurry sound effects coming from my phone. Yes, especially the dip baby text notification. Oh God, that's awesome. Uh, I'm sure it'll make me even more popular at work. Hashtag not quite, but yes, thank you. Uh, Now, as I pass back into the misty shadows, I leave you with a sense of childlike wonder, a trail of footprints, and a fleeting (laughs) glimpse of the sass crack. (laughs) Thanks, Matt Squatch. You are awesome. And don't you feel better owning that cow? (laughs) I know I do. Flora, who do we got next? Dave, we've heard from Ergo Orgone, who has... Invested all of his money in parenthetical asides, uh, which I'm going to try and do audibly for you. Recent listener here plowing through the field of thank fucking God (laughs) an intelligence and alcohol fueled occasional, but uh, I call bullshit on that podcast. Tonight, I jumped ahead to Flora's spelling of his name if it's sideways. (laughs) (laughs) What would a sideways spelling of my name be, Dave? I, I, I don't know. I I don't have any answer to that. F-L-O-R-R-A-H or something? Sure, sure. I'll take it. Awesome. Flat earthers eat shit because you're all fucking stupid fucking dumbasses rant and almost choked to death while swelling a fine local microbrew. Liar. Some cheap ass light shit to lose weight, you fuck. But I digress. See? It's, it's yeah. spent a lot of money on parentheticals. And I have to say, and this is a stage direction. Yeah. What are that shit? is needed to quell the f- 
fucking never-ending stupidity presented by the current powers that be and the silly arse sheep that follow after. Oh, laddie, we're all but f***ed except for the twinkle in the eye of a mad flora once incensed. <laughs> it's, it's very true. This is very yeah. true. Uh, cheers to you both. Keep making my job security less so with my insane laughter at work. As I listen to your godless spew. Love you guys. Thank you, uh, Ergo Orgone. Yeah. How did you know that was uh, that was our first choice for the uh, podcast title? Godless spew with Dave and Dave. <laughs> oh, that's that is awesome, and it is true, Flora. Like you, your angry ranting is is just the voice of a nation, <laughs> and I, I need to find more ways to get you provoked to that that level of rage. Uh, like and I, I, I've got a couple of ideas. I got to figure out how to like find op-ed pieces where like junior high teachers think that Shakespeare can't, shouldn't be taught because it's uh, too crass or something like that. You know, I, I'm trying to think of things that'll really, really twist your nuggets. <laughs> I mean, I always am. I'm always looking for new and exciting ways to needle you. <laughs> the, th- the the nugget twisting things are are the uh, foreboding things that you shouldn't talk about, like religion, politics. So yeah, I don't know, man. Good luck. All right, all right. Uh, got one. I uh, got an email here from Count Shakula. Uh, it says, "Hey, you big D's. <laughs> That's awesome. Just listen to the supplemental episode to quote Bart Simpson. Quote: I am a little behind, and I hear that Stecco wants to grab a bite next time he's in the fort. Always." We better hustle, because in April, I'm moving to bum, 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 Ames, Iowa. What? And I guess we're more behind than I thought we were in our listener mail. That's what made me realize that. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Northwest Iowa, moved out here for a job, and now we're moving to Ames to go to grad school at the Far Superior. Ooh, you are picking fights, son. I wasn't going to call it Lames, Iowa. But you just had to throw the rocks about Iowa State. Having said that, if you're not following the Iowa State University Police Department on Twitter, you're wasting your time because you (laughs) need to. They are one of the coolest police departments in the face of the planet. I I genuinely do follow them on Twitter because uh, they're they're great. I mean, uh, so he writes, so he is moving to Iowa State. I mean, not to work, but uh, to live closer to, to us. So, Stecco, if you get out here before uh, May, we can hang out. If not, I'll be joining the growing chapter of uh, the International Blariver Society. Yes, IBS. <laughs> before too long. Also recently, I heard another listener uses Count Chocula as their name, which is pretty similar to mine. So is it too late to switch? No, it's not. Turd Curdler came to mind, but if that's too gross for your high-minded, mature, sophisticated, sensitive listenership, let me know. <laughs> P.S. Love and Beard Rubs. Turd Curdler, a.k.a. Count Shacula, a.k.a. Taylor. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm... Yeah, Turd Ferguson's funny yeah, name. Yeah, Turd Curdler. It's a funny name. Turd Curdler it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, I like Count Shacula, but right. that's just me. Hey, well, I'll, I'll, do, I'll give you both every time, man. And uh, by now, since it, since we're well into May, welcome to Iowa. So glad you could come out here because, I mean, you were born out here, so it's not like I get to tell you, tell you anything about it. And uh, truth be told, I've got new animosity towards Iowa State because uh, Leslie Hall is a Midwest lady cyclone, and uh, she's one of my favorite artists in the entire world. So Ames has got a lot of cool stuff going for it. Word. Yeah, I can't say that around my 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 new in law family. That's that doesn't go over well, but it's my secret. So don't tell them. Shh. What do we got next, Flora? Heard from Stormy Babe. Hey, Stormy Babe. 
listening to the Creepy Clowns episode and thankful that none of those pricks ever turned up in Australia. <laughs> she likes the Cirque du Soleil performances. And uh, apparently Juggalos are some of the nicest insane people you'll ever meet. I keep hearing that. I keep hearing that. Uh, I don't think it's a lie. I just haven't seen it happen myself. Yeah, well, you know what? Same with ghosts. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Instead of saying you'll never have a live show in Boise, be realistic. Choose a small town out in the middle of but nowhere Australia, like Poowong, Mount Buggery, or Chinaman's Knob. <laughs> what? Seriously, those are real Aussie towns. Oh, right. wow. And she says, for those people with access to iTunes, want to get the entire back catalog and store it on the computer for later re- re-listening, I found a way. And Stormy Babe, I encourage you to post this to the Blurry Photos fan page. Uh, if you're so inclined, or maybe post it to the our Facebook page, one or the other, because these are detailed step-by-step instructions and probably worth a try if somebody wants to follow up on that. Uh, cheers from the gray and unpredictable skies of Australia, Stormy Babe. Thank you, Stormy Babe. You are magnificent, Stormy Babe. Thank you. I uh, got an email from Zach. Hi, Zach. So happy the archives are finally on the feed so I can binge at work. Please bring back the April and Bashar references. I I know Bashar, but the April one, I'm not entirely sure of. So let us know what to, because we'll do it. I mean, we just recently found out that Bashar isn't a real person. We were a little bit afraid about getting in trouble for a while, and now we can do whatever the hell we want. It's open season on Bashar. That's true. I don't remember who April was. No more cetacean that- hesitation for us. It's just it's just Bashar damnation. Oh, it's a cornucopia. It, it It's unending. So thanks, Zach. Thank you, Zach. All right, I think that's going to do it for listener mail. And so, uh, once again, as we usually do, we'll remind you that we love the following snacks. Five-star reviews on iTunes, likes on Facebook. We're close to the 18th Hildo. Uh, we just passed our, our Bicentennial Hildo. Or, 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 I don't know, our America Hildo, our Patriots. Our, our Patriot, yeah. Patriot Hildo. Yeah. Um, so we're getting pretty close to that. Um, don't forget... Check out another podcast by the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. They are a great bunch of ragtag fugitive ships flying through space and also uh, uh, iTunes. Uh, don't forget, to, uh, you can get yourself a free audio book by visiting audibletrial.com slash blurry photos. Uh, and also visit our Patreon page. I cannot ever stop thanking all of you who support us on Patreon. Um, it matters to us very much. It makes a huge dif- difference in what we can plan and how uh, how ambitious we can be with this podcast. And we're always thinking about new things to do and uh, and great ways to get them done. So thank you all so much for that. Um, so thank you so much for that. You know, we we, we genuinely appreciate that. And it's uh, I'm so glad that someone's using the ringtones. And I can't wait to hear from their coworkers on that. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter. We are uh, blurry underscore photos on Twitter. Also, don't forget to high five the the lovely ladies at Candy Chat. They're at Candy Chatters on Twitter, and you can also find them on Facebook. And if you want to talk about blurry photos stuff, there is no better place on earth than the uh, Facebook blurry photos fan page. And I believe there's still a couple of tumblers running around out there. Those may not still be operating. I don't really know for sure. Because I don't, uh, and that's not because I don't look, it's because I don't know how Tumblr works. I'm too old. It's true. I really, I, and I feel terrible for it. I don't know how Tumblr works. Florida, did I miss anything? No, just keep in mind, um, the Candy Chat ladies are on their own separate podcast now. Yeah. You can find that in iTunes and Google Play uh, if you search for Candy Chat. So so if you wonder why we haven't done an episode on this, this feed anymore, it's because they're doing their own on their own feed. So yeah. 
CandyChat.org is uh, where you can find them at. Doing it for themselves. And a uh, quick shout out to Stuart, who uh, we oh, got yeah. to, we got to have lunch with on Sunday. He was uh, driving through the Midwest, and it just so happened that uh, Flora and I were in the same city that weekend, and we had a great time. Ate some tacos, talked some smack. So uh, it was really nice to meet you. Uh, Stuart, per, per your request, I'm going to officially designate you as the Road Viking. <laughs> I think that I think that really works. Yeah, yeah. The 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 beard sells yeah. that. Yeah, your your long ship has eighteen wheels, and it is just as interesting in pillage as any other long ship ever was. So uh, right. so pillage onward, my friend, and uh, hope to see you again soon, man. That was a blast. So thank you so much for meeting up with us, and thank and there's no way I, David Stelkin, can say this without it sounding weird. But hey, say thanks to your mom. Those cookies were delicious. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, uh, you've only got a few days left to get an amazingly handcrafted watch from obaku.com. Oh, that's right. Yep. Coming up on that. Obaku.com. You can go and um, get 30% off of your order with the promo code blurry S6. Yep. Number six. I highly recommend it. I always get compliments on it uh, when I wear it out. Me so too. Check out what they have there. And uh, also, uh, don't forget to vote. We got, we're in the midst Oh, yeah. Of the uh, 2017 Ms. Cryptic contest. So make sure to vote because every time you vote, which you only get to do once a week, come on now, come on now, uh, every vote puts your name in the hat for the glorious, magnificent, scrumtrilescent Ms. Uh, Ms. Cryptid 2017 prize pack. It could be yours, people. That's right. Yeah. Better, better odds than the lottery by a long shot. And Dave's right. Um, we do thank you and, and can't thank you enough for for supporting us and listening to us. And, and those of you who give us money out of the kindness of your heart, whether it be for uh, fun stuff on Patreon or, or just out of, out of the kindness, it's really humbling. And, and thank you for, thank you for putting up with us. <laughs> you know, gosh, that's the truth. It's a lot of work. And sometimes we kind of get down and feel weird sometimes, but <laughs> you guys are bright spots for us. And that is and the course, truth. That's, it makes us feel a lot better about what we do and how we do it. So absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for, for listening to us. So for this episode of blurry photos, I have been David Florida Seps. Oh, awesome. And I have been Dave insurance facts as the new Antarctica Stecco. <laughs> Sorry. Cause this is, this is the, this is the landscape from here on out. <laughs> Carry on my way. Bye. Bye.